Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, Marital Tour of Misguided Medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Uh, I'm feeling so relaxed, Sid. Are you? Yes, we just had our first um, overnight away from our two children since the second one was born. That's right. We were we were not uh, parenting for 36 hours. Oh, boy, and what a sweet, sweet 36 <laughs> hours they were. It was nice. Our flight got delayed I, on the way home, and I was like, oh, no. No, I was... How could it be? That's when I was getting very antsy, yeah. a whole night away from them. No, I I, I got deeper them. into island, island time the more we were delayed. But it was nice. It was nice to reconnect just the two of us and uh-huh. get to go out and talk to other adults. So we accidentally... <laughs> we're in New York, and we accidentally stayed at a... I guess you would describe it as a wellness centric it's hotel it, it was like the anti sawbones hotel wild, i didn't know actually. that's what it was justin full disclosure justin booked it yeah. it was your fault really yeah i wasn't really paying attention we there were, were a lot of hotels in the area that we wouldn't need to be in we were looking for proximity to the venue that we were going to be headed to yeah. and um and then like i usually like if they have a bathtub that's a big thing for me <laughs> Sydney likes a bathtub. I never get to take baths, and so if it's like a, if it's a nice outing yeah. for the two of us, maybe there will be a bathtub, but I could take a bath. So those are kind of our our, our Only criteria, two things, right? But this place, we checked in, oh. and they're like, "Hey, listen, uh, just want to let you know, with your reservation, uh, you can get uh, thirty minutes in the IR sauna." That's infrared. Infrared sauna. Mm-hmm. Or three minutes in the cryo chamber. Yes. And you can load whatever music you want and they can play. It's three minutes, you know, a three minute long song to keep it gets you pumped up because it's pretty cold in there. Right. It's a cryo chamber. And we're like, what in the living heck? We had no are idea because at about? that point we didn't realize what we'd walked into. And then we get to the room and there's all these like. Oh my God. There's instructions on how to go to sleep. There's like three pages on like how to go to sleep. It's like first do the tear open your, uh, the complimentary, like not complimentary, probably no, like eight, complimentary. $8, uh, AMT. And yeah. The T the and then make sure you do five things about gratitude. And then, so, and there's like, so just like, I can't just lay down and go to sleep. I got a whole kind of routine I have to go through. There were like detox things in the room that you could, I mean, everything was for a price. And of course we did not use any of these folks. There was a, I'm here to tell you, there was a yoga mat 
in the room for sale to buy. Just open this yoga mat and, and you've a, purchased and it. And a foam roller. Yeah. yeah. We did not, again, we did not use any of these items. It was very, it was very nice hotel. Otherwise I shouldn't just be yeah. throwing shade. I mean, it was very nice other than all of the fake medicine. That- uh, but I think the strangest offering uh, that I literally could not make heads or tails of uh, was the Ivy cocktails. So this is an interesting thing to bring up. I have been receiving emails for a while now that I couldn't exactly parse at first what people were asking me because they were writing and, and requesting that we talk about IV therapy. And I'm thinking, do you just mean like the history of the IV, like, like intravenous? Sal- saline and all that Right. Like stuff how did we backs. come up with the, the equipment and to do that and the stuff that we put in? Like how did we figure that out? Is that what you mean? But it, it became clear to me pretty quickly from how many emails I was receiving and then the, the content that something is going on now with IV therapy that isn't strictly evidence-based, I would say, or you could say not at all evidence-based. And I want to talk about IV, what you'll find it as like drip therapy, infusion therapy there, or I would like to go to an IV bar. Some people will say like there are various names for it, but it's the idea that you're going to get something through the IV but not not medicine. Well, not because like a doctor said you needed it. Like you went to a place and paid somebody to do it. Does that make right. sense? Yes. It's retail IV therapy. Yikes. I mean, like super yikes. Right. Uh, yes. Yes. And uh, thank you to everybody who emailed me about this for a while now. I can do uh, there's, Go ahead. Thanks. Lindsay, Rebecca and Kate and Melissa, Ari, Carrie and Amy. Brittany India, Alexander Drew Alex, Brian Ainsley Karina, Hannah and Anthony Monique and Salem, Samantha Nelson, Lexi Faith, Valerie Danielle. That's it. That's it. But 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 those are all of the people. But thank you. I'd resolve the melody, I guess I avoid. so it, from its let's talk just a little bit about as a as a physician, as someone who attended a medical school and learned about IV therapy and now is responsible for, you know, prescribing it and like deciding when it is necessary and whatnot. Um, the, the very, the very basic idea, it means intravenous. So in a vein, (laughs) and this would be as opposed to what we would say is PO. So you get a medication IV in a vein or PO, which means by mouth. Or there's UB up the butt. No, that's PR. (laughs) Is <laughs> bad PR in a lot of cases, <laughs> depending on what's going up there. P.O. A lot of celebrities run run afoul of that. <laughs> P.O. is from the Latin for per os, by mouth, and per rectum, P.R. Per rectum. Mm. Oh, how fancy. Up the butt. You mean in the butt. We're professionals, honey. Okay. Uh, why would we do this? Why would we put something in your vein instead of in your mouth? Well. I can for- guess it tastes bad. <laughs> Not typically. Usually, it's that no, that's not. It is never simply because it tastes bad. That is never the. That what? is never the only reason. Perhaps I'm, it also tastes bad, but that is never the reason. If they have blood and you're getting a blood transfusion, like no one's gonna be like, I'll just drink it. Well, that wouldn't work because well, okay. blood goes in the vascular space. Well, that's one example of something that like would not. Maybe that's one reason is because it's like. It wouldn't be good to go through your digestive juices. Right. You would just digest it and that would, it would not help you and you'd feel bad. You'd feel very bad. Um, 
But in in terms of fluids that can hydrate you, that's one thing we might put through an IV, right? Here's some, we say IV fluids. Yeah. It's almost never water. Um, that would be very dangerous to just infuse straight up water into your veins. Uh, it's usually mixed with electrolytes. So like normal saline, Gatorade. you'll hear. Well, it's not Gatorade, <laughs> but it's got electrolytes in it. There are various mixtures of electrolytes. And if somebody cannot take things by mouth, if they cannot drink, then they may necessitate IV fluids. Or they don't want to. Or if they don't want to. it's boring. Well, if for whatever reason they won't, can't, don't drink, you and can, they're at, in, at risk or becoming or are dehydrated, then that is a reason we would do something IV. You can request anything IV. Don't get bogged down in drinking. That's a waste of time. Just make them put it in No, it would be if for some reason you it's not safe for you to swallow or you cannot swallow, if you're vomiting everything up, um, if you're unconscious... <laughs> Uh, that kind of thing. Um, otherwise, we actually prefer drinking as the best route for hydration. We, uh, we've we all had a stomach bug. Well, except for Justin, <laughs> who somehow has maintained health. And uh, it, it's hard to keep kids hydrated. It was hard to keep myself hydrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know that the best thing for me to do is to just keep trying little sips and try to maintain orally my hydration it's better it's better for your body it's it, there is no advantage of an iv to a healthy person well, there's, there's no inherent thing unless you absolutely can't i mean in which case yes you need fluid but if you can drink by mouth you should well i mean there's like anytime you're using a needle right you're risking you know infection or how, how small the risk may be or like Yes. Weird reactions or whatever. And we'll, and we'll get into that. I will mm. get into the, the risks of this. Um, other things you might need IV, uh, medications or vitamins. Again, most of those things are just if you can't take them by mouth mm-hmm. uh, for some reason. A lot of medicines uh, work very well by mouth. We have formulations of them that work just fine. Like they are made to take orally. They are metabolized appropriately and they work just fine. There is no inherent advantage to taking something that works by mouth in an IV, except in very specific cases when like we need it to work faster, like anesthesia or a pain medication. Let's see somebody comes in there with a fractured femur, you know, saying here's some oral pain medication that'll kick in soon enough. Yeah, I need to be out now. <laughs> you need you need something faster. And IV can work in some cases, can work faster. So that's one one advantage. Um, and uh, antibiotics sometimes in specific types of infections, like something we call a bacteremia, like an infection of the bloodstream, mm-hmm. bac- bacteria actually growing in the bloodstream. Uh, in that case, IV antibiotics are superior to, to oral. Um, sometimes we can switch to oral eventually, but... Just suffice to say, there are very specific situations where a doctor would look at you and say, you can't take this medicine by mouth. You need to take it by IV. And when it comes to things like vitamins, this is almost never this is almost never the case. I mean, we almost never need to replenish your vitamins quickly via IV. I just, it's hard for me to, unless we're talking about ways to give you nutrients, replacing nutrients because you cannot take things by mouth. So this is like a chronic thing where you are right. going to have to get your nutrients in another fashion. You don't have like an emergent emergency vitamin C mm-hmm. situation. No, there are, there are emergent situations where we give people magnesium, but this has nothing to do with just oh, I'm feeling kind of fatigued today. I might need some emergency magnesium. It's more like, 
oh, I'm in a fatal arrhythmia called torsades and I need magnesium right now or my heart will stop and I'll die. Not something you hear people say out loud a lot. Exactly. I mean, things that a doctor would tell you and you wouldn't be able to verbalize because you can't. Because of how bad your heart is doing. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And also because I would need uh, some sort of EKG telemetry, some sort of machine to tell me that as well. I would not be able to tell you by looking at you. So at this point, you're in the hospital and a doctor has told you that. So the point is the vast majority of things we need and certainly just regular nutrients, food and fluids and all the things we get from them, we, we get from eating and drinking. But as long as we can, we get them from eating and drinking. But Sydney, I hear me saying, why are people putting them in needles then? <laughs> so there are a couple of histories to discuss here. First, I wanted to just briefly mention the history of the IV because it is an interesting idea. Who came up with the first IV? It's wild. It, it, ab- abstracted out, <laughs> it is a, a pretty wild idea. The first, our first like the idea kind that someone of would just be like, hold a bag and like, here, plug this in you. I'm just going to stand here and hold it. Because, you know, they didn't have a metal thing for it. <laughs> so it's just like, I'll stand here and hold it and just mm-hmm. let this bag drip in you. That was basically, I mean, well, initially the ideas were just for blood because we had no idea what else we'd be putting in people. So if you look back to like the early writings that reflect, even if they weren't trying it, but like the ideas that people were writing about what IVs might be in the States back to like the 1400s. You have people writing about this idea that what if we could use like silver tubes to connect the vein of one person to the vein of another person. Mm -hmm. And the idea was very, it was very unscientific. Maybe an old person who's near death could be rejuvenated and revived if we give them a young person's blood. What a fun time to be in medicine. (laughs) Um, and again, this wasn't really done routinely, but a lot of people wrote about it and thought about it. So like these ideas were there, but it was mainly in regards to blood. Um, the first real work in this area was done in the 1600s. There's this story that supposedly inspired these, um, at the time, medical students who went on to become all kinds of different scientists, doctors. One guy was an architect. Anyway, they witnessed this case of a young woman, Anne Green, who was uh, sentenced to death by hanging and managed to survive, although they didn't realize that. Like they brought her down from the gallows, thought she was dead, brought her back to, there were medical students, so I'm wondering if it wasn't like a rogue dissection that was about to happen. Okay, all right. But one way or another, they realized she was still alive. So they did a lot of work to revive her. After this, she was pardoned. Really? It's a weird... Weird, sad case, although she lived. She lived and was pardoned. But from this, these young students were inspired to work on IVs. So I don't know what exactly they did to her to revive her. Yeah. But that is, the, that is the perhaps apocryphal, but that is the story that leads to a lot of these uh, guys working on IVs. One of them is Christopher Wren, who would go on to be a famous architect and design a bunch of churches. But at the time, he was working on connecting quills to pig's bladders. As like a way, like you use the quill as the needle and then the pig's bladder would hold the You used to be able to do that. Just to be like, I'm going to be a famous doctor guy now and I think later I'm going to be a famous architect guy. Mm -hmm. Because there wasn't that much to learn because we didn't know anything. (laughs) So I I mastered that. I mastered that. It took three months. We don't know anything. I learned it all. (laughs) There's Uh, four books about medicine. I read all of them. I guess I'm a medical expert now. One of his contemporaries, Richard Lower, who was anatomist, Actually, uh, he remained in medicine, it seems, for his career, but he worked on <laughs> well, underachiever animal to animal blood transfusions as a result of this work. Um, that was initially like with dogs. He would try to transfuse blood from one dog into another dog. 
That was what he started with. And then some were inspired by that to try animal to human transfusions. Sure. Um, this at first, I mean, so it's, it's always the same with these stories. You read that, like, it seemed to go OK at first and then it was disastrous. It was very bad. Which I would say it probably was disastrous from the jump. You should not put straight up animal blood into no, human what you should things. do first is put human blood in animal blood and see if they get our incredible powers <laughs> of speech and thought. Uh, they were banned in France by 1668 because of this. And so then people started trying it in England and later that year they were banned there too. Yeah. Um, because of some, they, they tried some uh, lamb to human transfusions. Mm -hmm. They thought that uh, specifically for cases of Pro, I mean, probably what we would diagnose today, some sort of mental illness, some sort of like schizophrenia or something is what it sounds like they're trying to describe. They thought that lambs were calm. And so the blood of a lamb would calm you. I could go for a lamb to human PO translator right now. That's a weird thing eating, to say. It's like a weird way of saying eating lamb. And I don't actually like to eat lamb. I don't know what I was doing there. I'm still just on crackers and toast right now. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Uh the IV hey, I got thing. That pho upstairs that I got for you yesterday. I will see. We'll later. see. Maybe later. The IV thing became popular again when an American physician, Philip Singh Physic, either he either tried it or he wrote about it. Nobody's really sure. <laughs> but he he wrote in a way that people thought he had tried a human to human transfusion, and this inspired a British OB, Doctor James Blundell, to try it, and he came up with a bunch I would of devices. Not let someone. <laughs> <laughs> named Dr. James Blundell. What? So what are you going to do? I'm going to take your blood out and put it into somebody else. What's your name? Dr. Blundell. <laughs> okay, I don't think so. I think I'm going to wait for Dr. Steely-Eyed McLarson. Something like real, real solid, you know? I don't real know. Real solid character. Miss Dr. Smith. I'll <laughs> let him do the blood transfusion. Thank you. Not Dr. Blundell. Oh, sorry, I got the needle in my dang foot. <laughs> the, well, Doctor Blundell actually I stepped in a fart. He did it. He was actually responsible for doing the first real series of successful human-to-human -human transfusions. He had a couple different devices. Me and my qu quick leaps to judgment. He had uh, the impellor and the gravitator. One worked by gravity. That's what that's all about. He's not going to name them the Blundell device, is he? <laughs> Um, and so that that was really but the, again, this is kind of limited because at this point, we still don't know about blood types. So you're still every time you're doing this, you're rolling the dice. Right. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times they would look for like um, a spouse to be a donor, which is like the I mean, you here you've got all these family members and you could maybe maybe you've got a little more chance. But then spouse, Why it's just who knows. So eventually people started to think, you know, this is really cool for blood, but like, is there other stuff we could use these devices for? You know, at this point we have the early blueprints for syringes and, you know, IV, not really catheters yet, but needles that go in the vein and, and bags to hold stuff. So could we do other things? And it was really cholera that was responsible mm. for uh, the development of those things. Um, in the 1830s, there were cholera epidemics and people were dying, you know, in large scale. And a lot of it they figured out was due to just the loss of bodily fluids and electrolytes so mm. quickly. Uh, and so they developed an early form of IV saline solution to mm. combat this. Um, and this was this was the first thing we were going to start putting in veins that wasn't blood, really. Mm -hmm. um, and throughout the late 1800s, this really 
inspired people to try other things like, well, what about other, you know, things for malnourishment or chronic illness? Are there other things we could put in the IV that would help fix those things? Right. Um, And so you see all these different things like like as early as 1876 is when Dr. Sidney Ringer, who anybody in medicine will know that where I'm going with that right now. You're giving me this look, city, that I couldn't parse in a thousand years. Should I just sort of tell you what you mean by that? He created a solution known as lactated ringers. The or pregnant ringers pauses lactate. are killing me, kid. I don't know. But it's, I don't know. it's still in use today. 1876. That's that's how old LR is. Anyway, it's still it's still used uh, for some patients today uh, as a. <laughs> As an IV solution that is necessary with a certain blend of electrolytes and um, for for very specific reasons, of course, we don't give them to everybody. It's in some patients. Uh, And then that's when they started using medication. Oh, wait, lactated ringers. Don't make fun of me. And then uh, this is the first time we started putting medicines in the IV too. Things like opiates were the first thing we tried. Um, and the equipment got better after that. We started, uh, we switched to rubber eventually and then plastic. Um, we started to develop what will become the mainstay and what's still in use today is the idea of having a needle with a like a catheter, a, a thin flexible tube over it. So you would use the needle to insert the IV and then withdraw the needle so that all that's left in your arm is the thin plastic do you want to tube, not the needle? Know, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's what's in that. there. I didn't know. It's that. not a needle. Didn't know that. No, Until it would just this exact second. It's a, it's hugely advantageous because, as you can imagine, if a needle's in your arm, you kind of got to hold it still. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas once you can withdraw the needle, and it's just that thin, flexible tube, it gives you a lot more. Did not know that till this exact second. Mm-hmm. Thirty nine years old. Yep. So that that is what is in the the modern IV, and we we developed that the vacuum sealed containers to hold whatever we were putting in the IV so that you could reduce contaminants and infectious agents and that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, and eventually also, this was all the realm of physicians. It wasn't until the 1970s when the first uh, nurse at Mass Gen, Ada Plummer, inserted, was taught and inserted the first IV. And after that, it quickly became the domain of the nursing profession. It's something that I have inserted IVs because I was required to do so in medical school, uh, but I did not like that is not something routinely that you find physicians doing anymore. It's really whenever, whenever a patient says that about a shot or an IV or anything like, well, will you do it for me? I always say, you don't want me to, <laughs> you want the nurse to do it. Well, I will not do as good a job. Sid, IV sounds great and it sounds like very good and it's good we did it. And I can't think of any way that we would ever misuse it. Well, of course we found a way to misuse it, Justin. Of course we did. As long as there's money to be made. But before we do that, speaking of money, <laughs> let's we'll make our money. <laughs> we'll make our money. Let's, let's go to the go building department. department. <laughs> let's go. You know, travel is always stressful, especially when you're traveling with as many kids as we do. Uh, and we look for anything that can make it just a little bit easier. And one of the best ways we found is away luggage. I thought uh, you were going to say drinking. That's that's right up there. Everyone <laughs> uh, has a unique travel style. So Away has a range of suitcases that are made from different materials, different colors, two different carry-on sizes. So it's very customizable to the way um, you like to travel. All their suitcases are designed to last a lifetime with 
durable exteriors that can withstand even the roughest of baggage handlers. And uh, they've got four 360 spinner wheels guaranteed the smoothest roll, even through the most hectic of airports and stations. I saw a guy when we were flying back who was in the American Airlines office complaining because they had just destroyed his third suitcase. Oh, <laughs> no. And you can tell. Well, I didn't feel bad for him sitting. I said, you know what you should have done? I said this in my head to him, right to his face in my head. You should have gotten an away suitcase. If you just listened to the Sawbones podcast, mm-hmm. then you would have heard about it. Away offers a 100-day trial and free shipping and returns on any order within the contiguous U.S., Europe, Canada, and Australia. So to get your suitcase and shop other travel essentials, visit awaytravel.com slash Sawbones20. That's awaytravel.com Sawbones20. New sponsor this week, too, Sid. Who's that, Justin? Honey. Honey? Yes? Not you. <laughs> See, I was waiting. You're a little slower. Let's try it again because okay. it's a great okay. bit. Okay. All okay. Right. It's a really good bit. Got a new sponsor this week, honey. Yes. Wow. It's still very slow. Let's just like get that some of that Burns and Allen, like that's, okay. that okay. pattern. All right. Pattern. All right. Okay. We got a new sponsor this week, honey. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> It's not you. It's cold honey. It's a uh, shop. Oh, you really got me. Uh, <laughs> what, a cr- what a crack up. What a, crack. what a knee slapper. What a card I am. Honey is a free online shopping tool that finds the best promo codes and applies them to your cart. What does that mean? Okay. So you're shopping at a place and you're going to buy something uh, from the little drop down and they have a thing that says apply coupons. And then honey will just go out on the internet and look for coupons for you to use and then help you uh, make the prices drop. It's like, imagine if you're physically in the store and they're like, do you have any coupons? And you're like, no. Honey is the friend that runs up to you, sprints up like, wait, wait, I have coupons. Here Here, they are. Use these, please. Honey has found uh, it's over 18 million members, over $2 billion in savings. 100% true story. Uh, I installed Honey on my browser and the first thing I needed to buy was um, a f- pan, a frying pan. Uh, and it saved me $17 just because when I went to check out, the little honey thing popped up and said, hey, let's look for coupons for you. It found me one that saved me 17 bucks on a pan. Are you kidding me with this? Fantastic. To not use honey would simply be to just uh, be be passing up free money. It installs in two clicks, uh, lives in your in your browser. And uh, you can get it for free at joinhoney.com slash sawbones. That's joinhoney.com slash sawbones. All right, Justin, where did Sit. it all go wrong? Where did it all go wrong? Uh, as, far, with us. as far as I can tell, the it starts with a physician that was practicing in Baltimore in the 60s named John Myers. Uh, and I, it's hard for me to find a lot of information about Dr. John Myers other than this specific part. Of his life, what what uh, what other wonderful attributes he may have, I do not know. Or terrible. Or terrible. I don't know. Who knows? All I know, monster, is that after or not. No, like, let's I'm not sure assume he that wasn't. But I'm saying we, we have can't no idea. Not know. I don't know. What I know is that after he passed away in 1984, his patients went looking for new doctors, and I have been on the that this end of things where a patient will come to me and say. Hey, I'm new to you. Um, my old doctor used to do whatever this thing is. Could you just do this? And I will think, oh, that's not 
oh, that's not a thing. Oh, no. Why did they do that? And that's a, it's hard. It, it's hard for the patient who loved their previous physician and had a trust in them. And it's hard for me as their new doctor trying to develop that relationship to say, ah, I can't. I mean, this is something that really stretches the bounds of what's safe and what's evidence based and scientific. And I might harm you. And that obviously I don't want to do. And that's a tough position to be in. But these patients went out looking for new doctors and a lot of them started asking their doctors for a vitamin solution that Dr. Myers used to give them. Now, whatever Myers' original formula was, no matter what anyone tells you, we don't really know. We have an idea of what was in it, we think, but mostly based on what patients told other doctors. We don't have anyone who says that they have the original Myers formula. No, you have what you think might be. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it matters or not, though, because he was apparently using this for patients with, well, lots of stuff, uh, chronic pain heart conditions, things like depression or anxiety, fatigue. It's getting to be a lot of um, things, Sid. And if they didn't get these regularly, the patient said that whatever their symptoms were would come back. And so he would give them regular, in, these were more injections as opposed to, they were IV injections, not necessarily hook you up to an IV. Right. Um, but he used something that Combine magnesium, calcium, thiamine, vitamin B6, B12, uh, calcium, vitamin B complex, vitamin C, and some hydrochloric acid. Okay. Something to that effect. Okay. Wow. That's quite a, quite a blend. Now, other docs heard about this, and I imagine there were quite a few like me who were like, I, I've not, that's, no, I can't, um, that's not, there's nothing there. That's not real. Um, but said it in hopefully a nice way, although... <laughs> I have found usually people get frustrated with you and and leave and don't come back. But you try. You do your best. You do your best. Um, But there were some docs who said, hey, well, maybe old Doc Myers was on something. Sure. I'll cook one up. Sure. We can get you a blend here. (laughs) In my blender. My blend tech. So a lot of these docs started cooking up their own Myers cocktails. Myers formulas, Myers, whatever you want to call them, protocols. Uh, And they changed them around a bit. Like the hydrochloric acid was gotten rid of pretty quickly. Uh, Some things were upped, like the doses that were reported of things like magnesium were so low that they could not possibly be doing anything physiologically. Um, they were like, it was like homeopathy. Mm -hmm. And so they, so a lot of the doctors would like up the things to a dose that might actually do something. Maybe cut back the hydrochloric acid, maybe. Yeah. That was cut out. Yeah. Yeah. That was out. Um, and then they started giving their patients, the ones who adopted this Myers cocktails for anything. You, you find doctors claiming that it helps with asthma attacks, acute migraines, uh, fatigue, uh, and chronic fatigue syndrome, both just acute and chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, muscle spasms, upper respiratory tract infections, chronic sinusitis, seasonal, seasonal allergic rhinitis. Um, some patients would improve if they had congestive heart failure or angina or hyperthyroidism or dysmenorrhea, which means painful period. Yeah, this feels like, it feels like the kind of thing where like, if, um, Dean Martin had to do a show that night, but he was really sick. This sounds like the thing that the like the weird smoking doctor who they brought he he travels with would give him. Like, let me just whip him up one of these I, these I, cocktails that always perks him right up. It reminds me of that. There's an episode of Mad Men where they do that. Do you remember that where they invite everybody into the office because they've got some doc there who's going to give everybody an energy shot? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to assume it had some sort of amphetamine in it yeah, or something because right, right. they're all running around afterwards. 
Anyway, yeah, it. I mean, it really, it, it speaks of that, except as far as I can tell, there weren't any, everything in it is either like a vitamin or an electrolyte or something like that. Like it's not... I don't know of any like use where you actually put some sort of drug in it or something. There's like a sublogical fallacy with these where it's like, it's a, it's not a, there. I mean, a subcategory of logical fallacy where it's like if you get a lot of things that won't have an impact but mix them together, it sounds like a really potent cocktail of like, wow, that's a lot of different things you've put in there. You can also play on like, and we've talked about this on the show before, people seem to fall for vitamin C a lot. I mean, not that vitamin C isn't important that you have an appropriate amount of it, but super therapeutic doses, massive doses of vitamin C has never been proven to do any extra thing Mm -hmm. um, other than make you pee vitamin C. Uh, But there's that. And then like B12, I find that's a common misconception that um, taking B12 will give you energy when the reality is that that's only true if you're deficient in B12. Mm. If you're not deficient in B12, getting extra B12 doesn't do anything. So, I mean, certainly if you have a B12 deficiency, you should take B12, but otherwise you're not, that's nothing. Um, But that's a, that's a common misconception. And so from, from these early uh, kind of, reinventions of the Myers cocktail, you saw this spread to uh, beyond just individual doctors, although there are still doctors doing this probably for cash because I can't imagine what you would bill an insurance company that would get this covered. Um, But it's also done by like some chiropractors, some naturopaths. um, And then there are these IV therapy bars that have sprung up. And this is a place where they're probably they probably have to have a doctor, I would say, on staff or at least by name across the street. Um, there, there is a they usually claim a doctor affiliated with it somehow. Uh, but they this isn't the same as having something prescribed to you individually as mm-hmm. a doctor, because uh, they've gone far beyond the Myers cocktail. Most of these places still do offer what they call the original Myers cocktail. Although, as we've said, who knows what it was? Uh, they have. Well, that's pretty bad. If you came and get the. It's like a fake <laughs> version of the fake medicine. It's a fake thing. <laughs> it's like uh, the, uh, the guy in multiplicity. <laughs> and they, <laughs> they have infusions for everything now. So uh, initially, I guess they were mainly targeted at people for hangovers and jet lag. Those were like the two things that these cropped up for. And you could even find them like at music festivals and they would come to your house. Like if you were really rich, you could pay them to come to your house and they'd like help you recuperate after a rough night of partying. Or if you just had to fly from coast to coast and you had to, you know, I don't know, film something. Because like it was uh, was very popular with celebrities and rich people. Assuming the base is saline, right? Mm -hmm. That's mixed in with other things mixed into it, right? Presumably, yes. yeah, that would work for the hangover, right? Like you would at least feel be- not you would at least feel better in in part, but that also it's a misunderstanding, and we talked about this on the hangover episode. A hangover isn't simply dehydration. Yes, you are probably somewhat dehydrated, and yes, part of the recovery from a hangover is to drink fluids. But one, I have no data that says giving them to you IV is going to rejuvenate you, make you feel better from a hangover faster than just drinking. And two, there's also other stuff that makes you feel bad from a hangover that the toxins. And yeah. That saline yeah. isn't going to fix. Got it. Um, but yeah, that was kind of where they started, but then they, they blossomed from there. Um, you can find a lot of these different places now, mainly in big cities, but they're spreading 
They're Great. spreading. I think that I, I saw that there was one in Ohio that Great. we could probably get to if we Perfect. ever decided to ab- abandon science altogether. Um, they will provide you with all kinds of different cocktails. And that's really how they call a lot of the websites call them menus. Mm. And so you can peruse their menu for the cocktail you prefer. And they have names like libido and immune booster, diet and detox, pain blaster, liver cleanse, the performance, nirvana, <laughs> the performance. and brain focus. Um, and you can, you, there's a wide variety of costs. The original Myers um, from this one website and from most that I was looking at, the original Myers is like your base. It's like 99 bucks, $100, something like that at most places. Um, but you can... I mean, you can spend a lot more. They're usually in the uh, mid hundreds to low two hundreds. And then I found one called a Hydra stem, which is for chronic pain, joint injuries and tendonitis, which is four thousand dollars, which made me wonder if it had stem cells in it, which is a whole other thing. Uh, But I couldn't find that's the other tricky thing about this. So I looked through a lot of these websites and some of them list what they call the key ingredients. But it was very difficult for me to find any complete list of components anywhere. And some of these websites had none. They just said vague things like a mixture of vitamins and amino acids. Yeah. Hard pass. No, thank you. Like you're just going to. Oh, but you'll just inject that into me. Okay, perfect. Excellent. I emailed one of the websites and said, could I just know what your like, what are the components of these cocktails? Is there a place where I can research this, where I can look to a list? And I never heard back from them. Um, of course, this same website, they had a, a doctor who wrote one article. They had a blog. And there was a doctor who put one article on the blog, like, attesting to how good and true all of this is. Right. And so I kind of dug into this doctor to try to figure out who, who they were. And it was, as far as I can tell, there is a real physician attached to the name um, I think if it is the right person, but the photo on the website that is next to the doctor's name, I, I reverse image searched it. It's a stock photo. Mm. So that's weird. That's weird. Yeah. But yeah, that's very weird. I don't know. So I don't know if that was really the doctor. The name I found was really a doctor or whatever. Who knows? But all of it is sketchy because the, I mean, if it's really something that truly works, you should just be able to tell people what's in it. And they can make a decision talking to an actual doctor. Proprietary blend or something like that. Um, uh, Of course, if you want a list of the most um, fashionable, chic, spa-like experiences you can get, check Goop out. Sure. Of course. Yeah, of course. You know Gwyneth Paltrow is into this. It's expensive. (laughs) It's prohibitively expensive. And And it does nothing. Of course she's going to be in on it. And so you're probably wondering, is there evidence for this? Well, obviously, for the IV administration of medications and fluids in appropriate medical situations. Well, yes, obviously, we know that we do that every day in the hospital. When I am when I am working in the hospital, I am ordering IV medications for my patients every single day. Very good. Yes, because that is science. And we have evidence and studies that say that this works. But as far as evidence for the Myers, there's just collections of anecdotes. There is no there is no solid research that the whatever you want to call the Myers, whatever various cocktail you want to say is the original. None of it does anything beyond placebo. They did a study with no control group at all in like a handful of fibromyalgia patients. And it showed short term, some improvement, long term, no improvement. They did another study that actually did have control in a placebo group and. 
and all that and with fibromyalgia patients again. And there was no difference between the placebo group and the Myers group. And moreover, they noticed an exaggerated placebo response among, mm. within the study, which is probably because we know that the placebo response is higher when you get an IV than a pill. Because it seems like very intense medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the idea that the, this is based on is that we absorb essential vitamins and nutrients better through the IV. Mm-hmm. And so this is just inherently a better, like, cause it, this isn't just for, if you're sick, I mean, they will take your money if you're sick and are looking and like of course. desperate of and, course. and looking for hope, but they'll also take your money. If you're just like a healthy person who wants to feel that unattainable better that everyone wants to feel, they, they will take your money and tell you that this is for wellness. This is just for a boost. This is to give you a glow, Ugh. whatever, something like that. Um, because you can't get all the stuff you need from food and drink the way we can. Well, if that were true, we wouldn't be designed to eat and drink. If, if, if you have a functioning GI tract, you absorb everything you need from it. Now, obviously there are people out there who have for various you know reasons, various illnesses don't have a GI tract that functions in that way and do need assistance getting the nutrients and essential vitamins and things they need. But that is something that's very individual and it's something that a doctor should help you with diagnosing and treating and you know managing checking levels of things um, because there are risks to this there are absolutely risks of course for- you're letting some like just person who is at a place put a needle in you it's yes a risk well and i i we've accepted like I, I feel like it's such a it's so hypocritical at the same time i feel like some of these wellness people like like we keep hitting on gwyneth paltrow but there are a lot of them out there but they will tell you at the same time that the problem with doctors is that they won't give you individual treatment that they have these one size fits all solutions with their drugs and their pills and whatever if this isn't the essence of that a one size fits all here we have these iv cocktails that fix everything Mm -hmm. so you have a problem come here give us 175 bucks and we'll give you a solution and if you don't feel better it's because you needed to come back again i mean it's it's obvious snake oil um it's not needed it's not proven to work and there are risks as you have alluded to there are risks um when someone is going to stick something into your vein they need to be using proper sterile technique whether it is in the hospital under my supervision or in whatever iv bar that goop told you about and if they don't they could cause an infection They could cause inflammation of those blood vessels, which can be very painful. Uh, They uh, could easily give you too much of something because from what I've read, some of these places will take your blood and have you talk to a doctor first, but not all necessarily have a regimented process because none of this is FDA regulated, by the way. They all have that thing on the bottom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, This is not not intended to cure or treat anything. Yeah. None of this is regulated, so they can they could hurt you by doing the IV and they could also give you toxic doses of whatever they're, you know, you can can get too much of some vitamins and you could cause liver failure, kidney failure. I mean, who knows what you could do electrolyte disturbances. And if your electrolytes get out of whack, your heart can stop beating, as we've already covered. So I would recommend against any of these. I, I think that what they're doing has no evidence they while most people are just going to be out a bunch of money yeah. and probably not harmed by this, 
there are going to be people harmed by this for sure. And celebrities are using this. It's very popular among like people on Instagram and that kind of thing. Of I read an article where suppose I don't know if this is true, but they were reporting that Kendall Jenner had this done and then had to be hospitalized afterwards for a reaction. Mm. Um, and I would say that that is, is likely going to happen more and more often, the more and more people who use this therapy. So do, do not do it. There Don't is it. no benefit. If you think you have a problem, go talk to your doctor. Your doctor is best suited to tell you what you need, whether it be by mouth or by IV. Don't do it. Uh, folks, thank you so much for listening to our show. Uh, just want to let you know that we're going to be appearing with my brother, my brother and me, February 19th, Cincinnati, Ohio, at the Taft Theater. If you go to uh, bit.ly forward slash 20 funny, you can uh, see that and see where else uh, we're going to be touring around this year. Um, there's not a lot of dates up there right now, but there will be very soon. From what I understand, we got a book that we wrote. It's called The Sawbones Book. That is what it's called. It's at Amazon or like bookstores. Rather than spend $175 on that, <laughs> go buy 10 copies of our book. Give it away to friends. You'll do a lot more good. Or and just one. For us. Well, they're spending $175 to burn anyways, and they, they might as well spend it on us. Don't That's do that. all I'm saying. Just don't do that. Save your money. Or give it to a charity, whatever. <laughs> um, fine. Thanks to the taxpayers for the use of their song, Medicines, as the intro and outro of our program. And next week. Next week. You've all been emailing, and I am listening. We will talk about coronavirus yes. next week. So since there's a lot of concern. Get there. Yes. Um, that's going to do it for us, though, for this week. So until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. As always, don't drill a hole in your head. Fund.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.